0: Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlowe, our brand performance podcast, where we connect and collaborate with other self-sustaining entrepreneurs, authors, and experts. Hi, I'm Marlo Higgins, your Chief Inspirational Officer. I like to say, when we perform, we get paid. This podcast focuses on the areas of confidence, mindset, leadership, and performance, which all lead to increased revenues and sales. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I'm focused on the development of people by unearthing their values, talents, and self-worth, otherwise known as that self-esteem factor. People matter, self-worth matters, time matters. When it all aligns, everything works. All right, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, and this is our brand performance podcast. And today we have Cave, who is a fulfillment coach. He is known as the inspiration engineer, giving entrepreneurs a boost in energy, confidence, and courage to take massive action towards their purpose. And you can already tell why the two of us are gonna have a blast, and why this episode is gonna be so darn good. So he uses the power of strategy, music, and edu. Which is kind of a new word. This is fascinating. And I know that you're going to tell us more about that. You recently gave a TED talk called The Rise of the Inspiration Engineer. You have been featured on Huffington Post as a strategist to watch. You are published in Thrive Global, Influence, and Referral Rock. You've also spoken at the University of Delaware, California, and California State University, and have spoken with the YMCA Toastmasters and many, many more. Oh, my goodness. Okay. His very first student broke six figures and became number one Northeast Division representative at Zillow. Okay. Where do you even want to start, my friend? That is like just fascinating <laughs> and phenomenal all at once. And that's how I'm going to describe it. So welcome. Thank you.
1: Well, first and foremost, I just want to I'm very grateful and thankful to be here on this uh, episode and be able to share some value. I am really excited to talk about edutainment and what that involves. So wherever you want to begin, I'm I'm game.
0: Okay how let's start with the title and your story so you're an inspirational engineer but you know the story behind your message where does it begin
1: so i was one of those kids very early on that found out what he wanted to do with his life. And I talk about how my dad would give me these, what I call hero speeches when I'm like, you know, four or five years old, like, son, you can do whatever you want to do, be who you want to be, like anything you set your mind to, you can do, right? So I I believe that. And so I started mentoring with one of those guys that we hear about who writes a famous song by a celebrity, celebrities using the record, and then you never hear about the original creator. And so uh, when I'm in the studio, I had been writing poetry when I was five years old. I'm in the studio I'm hitting pads Marlo I'm I'm pushing buttons I'm like oh this is fun and I'm putting my poetry To sound really, because I wasn't making music at that time. It wasn't any good. So once I'm doing that, I'm like, oh my God, this I love. This is what I'm going to do. And so I was playing basketball and that's what my dad wanted me to do, my parents and all that. And so I go to my dad, we're playing basketball outside. I said, dad, dad, I figured out what I'm going to do with my life. Like I know what it is. And my dad's excited. He's like, what son? Like, what is it going to be? And I was like, I'm going to be a musician. And my dad goes, no <laughs> like you cannot do that with his exact words and wow. it was like a slap in the face for me and i was just like what like what do you mean and so being that i i talk about my dad giving me the gift of ferocity because he became public enemy number one and i was set out on a mission to prove him wrong and so we ended up selling out a concert when i was 18 of 1209 people Uh, my dad and parents and family and everybody like the whole entire city was there and then just to kind of, uh, give you the short story, short notes, like I was working in corporate America, helped a lady get her associate's degree, found my love, uh, for coaching because I was a mentor for her and was like, man, I'm going to put these two passions together and this is what I'm going to do.
0: Wow. Wow. So, inspiration engineer. I mean, I love it. And the thing that I'm hearing too, Kaveh, is the fact that you've done this on your terms, right? Like, you you haven't listened to somebody telling you what you're going to be. You are showing up saying, this is who I am. Big, big difference. So, as I state that, I mean, like, what have you done to get closer to the person that you are today and give the level of service that you do?
1: Yeah, so you know it's interesting when we listen to the the legends, right? The Zig Ziglers, the Jim Rohns, the Napoleon Hills. Everybody says, you know, the more skills you have, the more valuable you are to the marketplace, which is true, right? That is true. However, skills are not like languages. If you speak English, Spanish, French, Italian, and you tell people like, hey, I speak these languages, nobody says, well, Marlo, which one do you speak? Nobody <laughs> asks you that. You're like, I speak all of them. When it comes to skills. What I have found is that the marketplace and people, the world gets confused if all your skills don't fall under the same umbrella as one skill, so I'll give you an example. If you're a marketer, skills that fall under those that title might be a copywriter, somebody that builds landing pages, somebody that builds websites, someone that runs ads, all those four skills fall under the umbrella of marketing. Well, what I found for me was I had a lot of different skills that didn't all fall under the same umbrella. So you had the poetry writing, songwriting, singer, rapper, audio engineer, salesperson, marketer, and not saying that with no arrogance, no ego, what I was doing was every time I would go to like a chamber of commerce, I was a sales guy or I was a marketing guy. When I would be around entrepreneurs, I would have a different, uh, you know, responsibility that I would tell them that I do or different things that I do. And I felt like I was being inauthentic or like I was lying to people. And so I was like, I need to find something that's me. Like I need to, you know, create something where when I say it, like this is what I am or this is what I do. People can play with it. They can use their imagination and have fun with it and, and let it be. So what I've, found, going back to the question, is is I tell people now, what I did wrong was you want to master one skill and then build a full system and funnel around that skill and then go to the next skill versus I was doing it all inclusively. Uh, So it's it's great to have a lot of skills. It's great to be very valuable and be very diverse. But when it comes to spreading your message, or my message, that was the very first question you asked me, uh, was because they said you can't. Because I had great parents and my father told me I couldn't. So if my dad and, and people have great teachers and, and people in their lives telling them that, you know, what is possible for them. And so I believe that you've got to surround yourself with people that, you know, are, are nurturing and, and, and helping you. Um, but that was, is my why is because there's so many dreams that are dying because people are being told by people they trust and they know that their dreams are, are impossible.
0: Absolutely okay but g- the title of um, inspiration engineer I know when I came up with my title as a chief chief <laughs> inspirational officer you know it's it's an executive coach, it's a performance coach, but I do it in my own personal way like my thumbprint is that inspirational officer right and inspiration is vision driven motivation's goal driven i in on on the strength finder's chart i am futuristic and so you match all of that together so you go with the talent set and it's this kind of this natural ability to inspire through like what's possible or painting a picture so clear that people see themselves in it like take us to your title like you know inspiration engineer take us there and like how did you arrive at that title and how is it serving you today
1: So before I was the inspiration engineer, I was a life improvement officer. And I went through all these different titles of what I wanted to name myself, just because I didn't fall in this box. So I was talking to people about creating their own lane. So for me, I was like, man, okay, the engineer piece came from being an audio engineer. Being that I do music, and I write copy, and I do all these different marketing things, that technically falls under inspiration. So what I did personally for me was, uh, came up with 10 different titles, and Life Improvement Officer was for me just a little bit too formal, or saying like, I'm an officer, like I just, it just didn't resonate at the end of the day. Uh, So I took the 10 titles that I did come up with, and I took them to my community, and I said, vote on these titles. And so they took the 10 and they narrowed it down to five. We took the five, we narrowed it down to two. And then we took the two and then said, okay, like, and I forget what the other one was. Because people, somebody has asked me, I bet you I can go through all my Facebook group posts and find it somewhere. But we, we did that whole process. Yeah. And so the community chose Inspiration Engineer and then the Inspiration Engineer was born. So I tell a lot of people, you know, Colvay LLC was filed in 2015 of August. It has went through a lot of different metamorphosis and has evolved over time. And where it really, really started was I I didn't know how to tell people who I was or what I was. And I got this analogy, I believe, from uh, the most high, basically, because I was asleep and I was trying to crash out. I had everything turned off. And then all these ideas were like just flooding my brain. And the thing that I tell people, I say, um, imagine if Tony Robbins and Michael Jackson had a baby. I'm the baby. (laughs) <laughs> and it would normally get a laugh and people were like, okay, so, so what do you do? Like, what does that mean? Like, do you dance? Do you have white socks? Do you have a glove? Like, what do you do, right? And so then I, that, was, that enabled me to let people play with the idea of a coach and musician hybrid. And so that was how the, the, like I said, that came actually right before the polling, but that was how the Inspiration Engineer was actually born. I'm a strategist, I'm a coach, and I'm a content creator. That's so also, Awesome under that inspiration. Yeah.
0: Okay. So like our team can relate to that too, because we did the same thing. We threw it out to the poll. Am I, um, am I Marlo the Maverick maker? Because that Maverick is that bold persona and you know, is that resonant or is it that chief inspirational officer? And so our team too, you know, the, the group, our community said, no, you are my chief inspirational officer. I mean, you're the one who inspires me and the Maverick maker, you know, so like Lady Gaga, has um monsters and taylor swift has swifties well marlo's got mavericks and that's where you know it's like that tribe and and really breeding those mavericks those unbridled thinkers those are the people that we serve that run their race full on fast and so there's multiple reasons why we have the, you know that maverick tagline and why we have a maverick community and um but it's always important like you said i love how you listen to your audience you like what was it that they were seeing within you that they wanted to align with. And I think that's powerful. And I think what you just shared is is super potent because people that are listening to this episode and listening to both of us connect, I mean, we're sharing kind of the same story on our own, on our own terms, but people are hearing there's multiple ways that you can approach this, right? Absolutely. There's not just a one size fits all. So take us there. I mean, like, so when you're, you know, you're coaching with people, what's that level of expertise that you just love to support in that coaching arena?
1: The types of people that approach me the most are personal brands. People that want to figure out branding. They want to figure out how to build with authority um, and put some credibility behind their brand. I get asked all the time, like, how did you get this TED Talk? How did you get featured in Huffington Post? Like, those are, I would say, the most common inquiries. Uh, one thing I want to touch on before we we uh, go down that coach path. The other thing about uh, creating a unique title, I just want to make sure that people are aware. A lot of people are... are not necessarily thinking about the SEO when they're building their bread. So search engine optimization guys for those that don't know what I'm talking about, you want to be able to stand out from the masses, which ties into what do I get asked? How do I stand out? How do I how do I get? what's the competitive edge that I can have? So your name, uh, if you have a common name like John Smith or Susan Susan Marshall, something like that, you may need to use your middle name in order to give you different differentiation. If that still doesn't separate you from the other John Smith and Susan, Marshalls or whatever I said, then your title can be the next thing that can separate you to, like for Google search by just having a, a unique identifier within your branding. Um, so I want to I make sure that's really clear. Uh, the very first student that I got, uh, going back to your question, was somebody that came to me for sales. So I had been in sales for 20 years. I mean, like now it's 20 years. At the time, I was 17. Um, he was my very first student. He worked for Zillow and he was like, "Call oh, hey, I want to be a 6 billionaire. I don't know the path to do it. So when he came to me, that was like number one. And so I taught him our framework for what we call relationship acquisition, which is really uh, relationships drive revenue. Is how to position throughout a call or position throughout uh, pro- when you're probing and you're getting to the actual sale, it's building the relationship first and, and establishing that trust. But now I don't get as many of those inquiries as much. It usually ties into something uh, either, like I said, with branding, I got asked the other day if we would make a theme for someone's podcast. Uh, nice, it, which is really cool. So, like I said, uh, the inquiries have have um, diversified, and going back to again, I'm going to make sure that's really clear, uh, so people have a immediate takeaway. Uh, master a skill, funnel that skill, systemize that skill, and then move to the next skill. Don't don't have all these different things coming at once because now I get the challenge. now it's like, well, okay, we'll call that you do all these things. So what do you do? And so it still is an ongoing, you know, uh, you know coaching them or, or showing them. Uh, so anyway, so j- just a few things, but that's um, that's usually what I get It's usually something around marketing. Or something around branding at this
0: time. Well, bless you for bringing in the clarity, because as as a performance coach, you know the four pillars are clarity, action, confidence, and risk. Starting with clarity, right? We have to get into that space and really, like you said, you took it to that granular level of clarity of really defining, you know, and and how you got to that and made it transferable, so um, it becomes a tangible. You know, and I and I respect that, and I love hearing the way that you position it, and that just tells me the level of coach in which you are, because you have that ability to back up and to say, "Hey, let's let's pull this back, let's rein it in, let's anchor it before we continue on." And I think that right there is very very powerful, and you know, just by you leading by example, that shows that you do understand um, the power. How to tie it all together? I think that's very potent.
1: And here's the here's the reality, guys and gals. If you're building something new, that as they say, go where no path is and leave a trail. Don't you? Know, you may not be able to have the exact layout and framework in front of you. Right? There's a one of my favorite quotes. Marlowe is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He says, "As to methods, there may be a million in something." He says, "But the man, and I'm going to add, or woman that can successfully grasp the principle may successfully select his." or her own methods. So I love that. And as a strategist, I'm always looking at what is the principle behind how this works. So we don't have anyone that I know of that like a a Jay-Z that is also coaching businesses. And now we have masterclass. So I was way ahead of masterclass seeing something that didn't exist. And I was like, okay, edutainment, I'm going to build that. And that idea came from that Michael Jackson, you know, having all his content on his own app and then teaching dance lessons or teaching business or success or whatever Michael Jackson would have taught while he was here. And then when I had that thought, I was like, this is the billion dollar to trillion dollar business, like easy. And so, I'm like, OK, I'm going to build that. So I just want to make sure people understand, like, you know, you're going to make mistakes as I have uh, when you're building something new. But just look for the principle of success and what's working for others. Take that and apply it to what you're doing.
0: So, so cool. Okay. So the music part, like take us into that music component. And you and I, you know, obviously have talked about that. I mean, I have a son chasing the dream in that space, um, coming out with record labels and that kind of stuff, you know, and that that business in itself is is mighty fierce. Take us like to your experience with, you know, music and and I understand just having a son in that space and the creative spirit that like just boils within you that you've got to bring it out, right? You can't just temper it and leave it to the side. So I'm, I'm grateful to see that you bring that forward in everything that you do in this level of service. But take us, like give us an understanding of the music piece for you personally or a story, you know, give us some insight.
1: Absolutely. So uh, this is going to be a little bit longer winded, but I want to really answer this question and answer it wholly for our musicians and creatives that are listening and so that they really have something to, to uh, take away here. So uh, I come from hip hop and rap, world right like my senior year 50 cent was coming out with get rich or die trying so he was just now like beginning to become the 50 cent that we see today so a lot of rappers and hip-hop guys come from uh the drug world or ghetto world and so they're selling you know drugs and then bringing that capital over into their into their music profession right to launch their careers jay-z lil wayne i mean the names go on and on so i for me personally and i'm not shading anybody who's in that life like do What works for you? For me, that didn't work. I didn't want to do that. So now, on the other side of the spectrum, the rock bands and all these guys and gals—they're out, you know, on the corner doing what's called busking. So when you see somebody playing out on the street and they've got their guitar case open and they're playing pennies, uh, Andy Grammer came from that life. Like a lot of big names came from that life. They're living in their van. Like that doesn't work for us either. Okay, so. Society says or in the entrepreneurial world, they say, you know, do your one thing. What is your one thing? My one thing was music. However, monetarily, financially, the ecosystem is jacked up in the music world, period. To to this day, I'm not saying that like as in a past reference to this day. So you have really what I call the music business as a problem cake because there's layers of layers and layers and layers of problems. So number one problem in order to generate just $5,000 in revenue, you need to do about a million streams just to do $5,000 in revenue, coming back to you, right? How hard is that gonna be just for the average musician? Like that's gonna be tremendously challenging, okay? So that's number one, the streaming platforms do not provide a monetary benefit back to the musician because musicians um, really are leveraging it for exposure and there's there's no leverage really. So what I mean by that so that everybody understands as entrepreneurs, we do the same thing. We can contribute to other uh, platforms, you know, Huffington Post, Thrive Global, Influensive, some of the ones that you named. Well, Marlo, I get to leverage those. When I say I write for Huffington Post, it automatically puts the Call Bay brand name on a pedestal where people are like, okay, we got to talk. We, there's, there's an opportunity here because I don't know how you accomplish Huffington Post. So not knocking Spotify, YouTube, and all these different platforms out there, Tidal and all the different ones, but as a musician, you don't get to leverage that. There's nothing that you can say to say, hey, I'm on Spotify, and people are like, oh, wow, Like we need to talk. Like It, it doesn't work like that. So not only do you not get to, as a musician, Uh, you know, get the monetary gain and monetary benefit, because technically you're bringing all this traffic to the platform when you're marketing it, right? You also don't leverage it for credibility as as branding. There's nothing really special about it because everybody's there. So that's that's the first problem. Second problem is now the consumers. And we love our consumers, but this is the fact. The facts are um, the consumers do not know the quality of music, and they don't know what it takes, like as far as timing and what it takes as far as money to make one record. And so the record cost is so far below what it should be when we talk about value, right? Now, if it's a film or if it's a, um, like a bar and they're licensing the record, that's where the money is for my musicians out there. But outside of that, just going one-to-one from a consumer standpoint, consumers really are, we're spoiled, right? We have access to millions of songs on Spotify for $14 a month. So we're really talking about a legal Napster, if we want to go back, which when I talk about Napster, that might bring my age into the, into the mix, right? But thing, it, it's a the, the musicians are struggling to figure out a way, and I think artists as a whole, because painters and art, that's another thing, but it's the same principle, are struggling to figure out, how do I receive value? And what, what I want to say is this, in the entrepreneur world, and this is where the pivot came for me. Once I, in 2014, got into the entrepreneur lane, the track is the exact same. But the infrastructure is totally different. The ecosystem is totally different. So people are like, what do you mean when you say the, the the track is the same? So an entrepreneur is getting on podcasts. A musician is getting on the radio. It's the same process, right? It's the exact same. So, you know, both, brand, both uh, sides of the brand need validity, need to be in magazines, need to do these things. However, a mu- an a entrepreneur is selling his or her or their ticket, you know, for like a course at like 99 bucks to... You know, $1,200 on average, whereas a musician is selling their, you know, song for $1.28 and then, you know, a piece of merchandise, which is usually how musicians make their money, is in the merch for like 28 bucks to maybe $39. Like, so like there's this huge gap as to being able to build once you have your MVP. And both a musician or an artist and an entrepreneur need to do that. They need to, I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't know, am I good or am I not good? Right? We're talking about, you've already validated with a thousand fans. You've got a thousand people that are willing to buy what you have. You know, they're standing at your merch table, so on and so forth. Once you've built that MVP, now you need to monetize it. And that's the part that gets really, really challenging for musicians because the cake, <laughs> the problem cake and the layers right. of Yes. Build it. So I just want to say that to say I'm not a I'm not a, um, I'm not a uh, you know pessimist when it comes to this. We're seeing a lot of improvements with uh, platforms like Patreon, which allow uh, creators to turn their their creative works into a subscription model, which didn't exist when I first started you know coming up. But I'm just saying that to say Marla, so that you understand it's the exact same principle, but the ecosystem is totally flipped upside down, and a lot of people are trying to fix it and figure out you know, how do we make this work to where it's fair and it's competitive and and musicians can flourish? Because again, a lot of people are losing and dreams are dying. There's Even in sports and all these things, there's a lot of people we never hear of because the system is not set up for their success. And that's what we see.
0: Okay. So Kavi, as you describe that, I mean, I think that's very powerful because we do have a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening and creatives, right? I mean, at the baseline of, of all of us is a creative. And the path that you have charted, It's, I I love how you were able to describe that and support it. You know, like you said, you're not a pessimist, you're just speaking reality, right? This is, it is fact. And so, based on what you just shared, do you have any? support that you could offer that you could guide so if somebody's listening to this right now and they're saying okay kaveh so you describe that to me but give me you know throw me a bone give me some some like what can i do to start gaining traction give us that okay yes
1: so first off i want uh people to understand elon musk you know the tesla guy he did a song three weeks ago, <laughs> right? All right? I've heard it's not a good song. I haven't personally heard it, but I'm just saying he did a song period. And on the, on the cover is the Tesla truck, right? So I think we're going to start seeing a lot more people that are creating these unique hybrids. I think that that's just the beginning of it. That's, that's the first thing. So now if this is what I tell everybody that if you use this stack, and I call it a stack, right? just like we have a tech stack. Well, this is your, your call it your personal brand stack, then you can use this stack for anything that you want to do, all right? So the first thing, the first skill that I would acquire would be public speaking. You say, well, why would I acquire public speaking? Because 75% of the marketplace, men and women are afraid to public speak. So if you master public speaking, you are automatically 25% ahead of the market. OK, that's number one. Now, following that, number two would be sales, because everybody is a salesperson, a salesman or a saleswoman. I know it has negative statements out there, but I'm just saying, even if you're trying to sell your kids on what school to go to or where, where to be, if you're trying to sell your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse on what restaurant to eat at, everybody is a salesperson, period. So sales is really just the mastery of asking the right question at the right time. So now we've got public speaking on our utility belt. Now we've mastered sales on our utility belt, which apply to all kinds of um, industries and or products or services, right? The next thing that I'm going to add to my utility belt is marketing. And you say, well, why marketing? Because now we're just amplifying mass communication, which is really what marketing is, right? So now that we have these three skills, what I would tell somebody is to start learning the principles behind how people are selling products, how people are selling courses, and how people are selling, um, you know, the, the, like, like technology. Because if you look across the board at the marketplace, and that's what I did, Marlo, I started looking at, okay, when I pivoted out of music from my old brand, I started looking at what is, what does, and how much is it worth to do copy? How much do you get paid as a marketer to do ads? Excuse me, so on and so forth. And so when you find another area of, 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 how you can monetize or how you can leverage your musical gifts or your creative gifts? Let that be a tool to then sell something of higher value. So uh, that is what I tell a lot of people. And you've got people that um, you know are, are on the university circuit, so they're you know doing basically public speaking, and then they're you know performing for universities, which is a lot higher payout than performing in the nightclubs and performing in bars, which doesn't really pay anything. So figuring out ways that you can leverage to something that pays out a much higher profit margin on the product or service that you sell. So that is my biggest thing for creatives that I think that they are missing. I think, I I believe because the history of music, right? You had the artist, which was the artist. You had the artist manager and the business manager that they do the business. And now we're seeing artists starting to learn Okay, what does it take to build a lifestyle brand? So if you start looking at branding, and we'll just say branding as a whole, building your personal brand, there's many ways to do that where you can be different, differentiate yourself, and now you're a personal brand that does music versus a musician, and that is your brand. Does that make sense?
0: Totally. Okay, so as you're describing that, I'm hearing you also describe like the thought leadership space right? So, like, I come into the, the platform of coaching. Like, I know coaching, right? I've been doing it since 1989. I've, I've built people through the, you know, pillars of performance, and, and that's just my wheelhouse, right? But I'm also a thought leader. So, meaning that I'm a podcaster, I'm a, you know, I'm a published author, I'm a speaker, I'm all of those other things. So, it's like you described. So, it's kind of like dropping in the artist. You know, I would drop in thought leader, but it's the same thing of what you just described. There's many different platforms, and they're all revenue generating streams that keep, you know, your message out there, your coaching out there, like what you do and how you do it, but at a different level. And so as you described, I was listening to you describe, you know, to an artist, basically it's the same thing if you're a thought leader. I mean, you you have to do all of these different things for your personal brand and it it just provides different resources, you know, so like the podcast is an audio version, our blog is the written version, our YouTube channel is the visual version, right? And so it's multifaceted And you can take this one body of content, for example, this podcast, it can be all of those things. We can tell the blog, we can, you know, show it on the YouTube channel, and then we're going to publish it out there in Stitcher and and Google Play to have it as the audio. So you can do those things. And I think it's just a matter of saying, you know, being smart, not making it hard and, and just connecting those dots because you can get a substantial return out of it.
1: Yeah. And, there, and I want to add one last thing to that. If, there's no, I'm not saying that you don't leverage free because podcaster is not a big moneymaker, right? But it's your evergreen content. That's the big difference versus you putting content on someone else's platform and bringing them all the attention and awareness, which is cool if, it, if it's mutual, right, but if right. it's not a mutual exchange, you want to make sure that you have your own evergreen content. I'm so glad you brought that up because exactly your blog your uh, podcast and then your YouTube is a great way to just continuously be top of mind, which is what the, the key to personal branding is. You always want to be top of mind.
0: Well, yeah. So, like, so then the end end goal is you know serve as a coach, right? Join in a course if you want to do as a group or do the one on one. And there's you know the different monetaries. So same thing as as you know with a musician or or a creative. I think that's very powerful. And and I think you're right. It's that missing link of the business component you know? And there are ways to break down those barriers. It doesn't have to be so hard. But I love when, you know, you can listen to your heart and say, you know, how do I want to bring this into the world? And I always say, you know, everything we do within our personal brand is very pure with intention, right? We don't do what just mainstream tells us to do, but we're very pure in saying, you know, how can we do it? And that's been able to parlay an overall brand with each service provided, not all at once, but over time. And I think that's, you know, like, okay, now we're ready to do this or you know, add this next layer. And I think that's valuable. Okay. So as we're coming into the close of the episode, Kaveh, where can we find you? Like what's what's your website? How can we get your music? Like, give us it all. Give it absolutely.
1: all absolutely. So it's Kaveh. so C A U V is in Victory E E dot com. That's the website. And I am everywhere that you are, guys. So if you're on TikTok, Snapchat, LinkedIn, like wherever you're at, I try to be very active on those on those platforms. Please reach out at all, you know. Don't, don't, I'm not one of those people, Marlo, that's like, you know, I'm too big or whatever. Like, I don't make time. Please reach out if you have questions, thoughts, if this uh, things that I've shared resonated with you. I would love to hear what resonated from this episode. So please, please reach out. Cove, C-A-U-V-E-E.
0: Yes. Okay. So that's fantastic. And you can also find Kaveh's information. It's going to be published in our show notes and you can also go to marlohiggins.com where you can connect. You'll be able to witness all of the things that we just mentioned. And um, Kaveh, this was just a joy for me. I mean, I love your energy. Obviously, you you take inspiration to the next level and you see the value in it just as I. And so thank you for that.
1: Thank you for having us, Marlo. You guys, I look forward to connecting with you. I'm out.
0: That's right. Okay. So if this episode left you feeling inspired, join us over on our Perform and Get Paid Facebook community. That's where we're going to engage with you directly and interact. If you have specific questions, share what you love the most about this episode and uh, let's take it to the next level. So again, you'll be able to find that in our show notes. Thank you for being with us. Um, This is Marlo Higgins, your host and chief inspirational officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach executives to gain clarity and remove self-doubt to increase performance in sales. To book a complimentary coaching session with me, simply visit marlohiggins.com and click on the Work With Me tab to schedule a call. Did you like this podcast? If so, subscribe and share with all of your friends. And if you want even more awesome resources to gain clarity and remove self-doubt, plus some personal insights from me that I only share in email, get yourself over to marlohiggins.com and sign up for the email updates. Thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. If you're into it, subscribe, leave a review and tell all of your friends. We would sure appreciate it.